Welcome to the Dayspring Community Church Podcast. Check out our website at dayspringonline.org. And now, Dr. Matt Friedemann. We are doing right now a, a bit of a uh, series based on our scripture readings. So we need for you to know that we have some uh, a, a year through the Bible list of scriptures out there. Covers front and back pages. Uh, I have mine, by the way, in my Bible uh, right here at the front. I've kind of squeezed it up a little bit, so I go a month at a time. And uh, I am enjoying going through scriptures. I think there's power in reading the scripture together. And I think there's power in trying to kind of make spiritual progress one with another. So anyway, my mind's in my Bible. I want you to grab one out there and uh, either catch up or just start on the day and move ahead. I, uh, what I do once I finish a chapter, and of course, this will typically have three readings for you, something in the Psalms and Proverbs, something in um, the Old Testament, something in the New. What I do after I'm done reading is I look back over it real quick, and there's any number of things you could do. You could journal over what you've read today. You could say, Jesus, these are my needs based on this passage today. What I do, and what I'm enjoying doing, is looking back over it and seeing how the God that arises out of this passage, how I can worship him. I'll just take some time to worship. So it's not just reading, it's I'm worshiping as I go along. I'm, I'm finding that powerful in my own life, just saying. Uh, real quick, uh, we, we have our numbers for the week. I'm not sure we've thrown those up yet. Let's do that right now. This is what we've been doing this week. Uh, penal farm, and uh, we got about three branches. Out. So it's men's penal farm, women's penal farm, and then this morning we had penal farm church. So once you know, we're excited about those. I am going at the invitation of Brad Chisholm to the men's workforce recovery place, and uh, that's been a delight. Uh, we see 20 to 25 guys every Sunday afternoon there. Celebrate Recovery, Strip Club. Uh, we're really excited that the John Hopkins uh, both reading program and uh, the, uh, the Bible club is up and going this week. And uh, we got a good start and it's just going to keep getting better. So any of these things you want to be a part of, I want you to contact David Sheffield. Stand up, David, where you're at. Right there. You want to be involved in one of these things? He's the guy to talk to and he'll give your name to somebody else and we'll follow up and we'll make this happen. But this is the dream that all day springers will be involved in an internal ministry on a regular basis, at least monthly, if not weekly. And that every single one of us will be involved in an external ministry. So I want you to know, all of our board members, all of our staff are involved that way. We want everybody to be moving out with love. We export what we find here to people outside. And we like to go to the hard and dark places when we can, but other places we just go because we think there's su su substantial need. So that's uh, what we're really excited about what God's doing here. We're talking about the playlist of Jesus. The playlist of Jesus are these Psalms that were written by David and other people when they were cast out, the whole nation was cast out. There's a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom was assimilated into Syria. We basically never hear of them again. But the southern kingdom actually is so disobedient. God says, I'm going to keep them together, but I'm going to exile them. I'm going to take them away from their land and put them in Babylon. Now, by some miracle, Persia takes over Babylon. And 70 years later, a guy named Cyrus says, you know, about time for you all to head home if you want to. Anybody want to? 
And some tens of thousands of people said, yeah, we want to. So he pays for their way back. When they get back, the temple was destroyed. We call that the first temple. First temple is laid flat. So they rebuild and we call that the second temple. So if you ever hear second temple, that's what it is. It's just a temple rebuilt. And what happens at that point is they need to know, they need to be educated on how to praise the Lord. And it just so happens that while they were in exile, some of the real smart people put the Old Testament, started putting the Old Testament together and put these Psalms together. So when they finally got it all together, they had 150 songs. Now you think, well, what were the tunes? I don't know. All I know is they had tunes and they had words and they used it for second temple worship. And so these were the songs that basically every Jew knew both the tunes and the words to. We call this the playlist of Jesus. He would have had these. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer calls it the prayer book of Jesus, how he would have prayed, the things that would have been going over his mind continually. And I just think it's probably wise for us to go over them continually as well. So every year we do a little mini series on the Psalms. But I tell you what, every day I pray through the Psalms. I'm going to show you a little bit later how I do that. But every day I pray through them. Not all of them. I take 15 a day, but I, I, I do that. And I just want to have these things on my brain because they were on the brain of Jesus as well as all the other holy people of that time. And I just want to be bathed in that kind of glory. The words of David, the words of other psalmists, and the words of Second Temple worship. And basically one of the things they said was, we want to sing songs so that we never go back to exile again. We will never disobey like we did last time again. Songs that will make us and help us to be faithful. And I think this is one of the Psalms. And that Psalm that we're in today is one that we're going to read soon as we read the Bible together. It's Psalm 13. Now, I want you to turn there. Has anybody here ever been in trouble? <laughs> anybody here ever been frustrated? Anybody here ever been just a little weary of God? Now, we don't want to say that, but it's kind of like, why didn't he respond the way I want him to respond? And sometimes our heart cried to the world and God himself is just simply, how long? How long, O oh Lord? I've been fighting this disease for weeks. How long, O oh Lord? I've been in debt for years. I've been in debt, debt for decades. How long does this last, O oh Lord? This lousy marriage of mine keeps getting lousier. How long, Jesus? I'm not married and I want to be married. How long? We've been trying to have children for months, for years. Where are you, God? How long? My adolescent kid rolls his eyes with everything I say, and I swear, I think he hates me as his mom. How long, O oh Father in heaven? My boss at work makes me, my life simply miserable. How long, O oh Lord? This addiction of mine? Well, I'm still addicted, and I deplore what this addiction does to me. How long? How long, how long? It's why we cover the psalm today. We read Psalm 13, and we're going to do it soon in our Bible in a Year program, but it seems terribly relevant for so many of us today. How long, O Lord, how long? Will you please stand in reverence to the Word of God as we read Psalm 13? How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long am I to feel anxious in my soul with grief in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider, answer me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes, lift up my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy, oh, my enemy will say, I've overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. But I've trusted in your faithfulness. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He has looked after me. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Jesus, help us in the next few moments as we consider this great song, one in the playlist of Jesus. Amen. All right, there are three things covered in this passage, basically. The first couple of verses, then the next couple of verses, then the last couple of verses. So there's only six here, and they go pretty much in pairs. Uh, Three pairs of verses. The first one is despair. The second one is petition, talking straight to God. And the third one is, I now live life with confidence. So today's sermon is actually from troubled to confident. Anybody here want to be confident in your living? Anybody here want to be a faithful person and bold with that faith tomorrow morning? Well, then here we go. Verses one and two. How long will the Lord, will you forget me forever? Will you hide your face from me? How long will I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will the enemy be exalted over me? <clears throat> now, I'm not sure what David's problem is here. It says this is Psalm of David. Not sure what his problem is. We, we don't know. Some scholars think pretty much probably some kind of sickness. And he's saying, basically, in the next couple of verses, if you don't heal me, I die. That's true of just about every trouble we have. If God doesn't come to our rescue in that trouble, if God doesn't come to our rescue, we can die. Now, not all the time it's going to be physical death. It can be physical. It can be spiritual. It can be emotional. But a death nonetheless. And we need God, the God of life, to rescue us. But I think it's very fair to say, how long, O Lord? A lot of people want to discourage questions like that of God. They don't think that that's worthy of our approach to God. I just say, this is the prayer book of Jesus. This is for second temple worship. They thought it was very appropriate to ask the question, how long is this going to last? And I think it's appropriate too. Now, there are multiple songs that are kind of how long psalms, but this is the only psalm in the Bible that starts with five questions. Bang, 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 bang. I mean, it comes fast. It comes, you can tell, with frustration. It comes with a certain degree of despair. Five quick questions. So, you get past those questions, you get past that despair, and we now go to the second pair, verses three and four. And it's basically, hey, Lord, answer me. Lift up my eyes. Now, I like that right there. It says, in my, my translation here, it says, enlighten my eyes. But the Hebrew could be understood, lift up. Lift up my eyes or I'll die. I will sleep the sleep of death. So we say, everybody needs to make a decision today. Do I wallow in the questions? I think the Lord loves your questions. And I think the Lord really likes you looking right into the heaven and asking those questions. 
but we can't wallow in them when they're questions of despair. We can't stay entrenched there in that despair. We go boldly to God and we say things like, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes, lift up my eyes. I'm going to sleep the sleep of death. Truth is, psalmist gets it right. It's God or death. And frequently the Psalms, you know, one of my favorite words in the Psalms is this whole terminology, arise. As you read through the Psalms, you're going to see arise. If I were you, I make about five circles around that every time I see it. Arise. Then I looked it up in the English. I find some of the best Bible study I do is I'm looking up English words in the English to see what arise means. Arise in the English means emerge. (laughs) I love that. God, emerge. I'll become apparent. Lord, I know you're there, but it's not apparent to me that you're there. Make yourself apparent and then arise. I want you higher in my life, Lord. I want you higher in this situation. I want you higher in this frustration I'm going through right now. Lord, I need you. So arise. Now, all that sounds kind of bossy to me. Now, think about it. <laughs> you're looking to the God of the universe and you're saying, hey, wake up. It says it all the time in the song, awake. Or it says, arise. Here, it's just simply consider and answer me. Again, it kind of sounds bossy, but apparently this is okay. This is the inspired word of God. This is the prayer book for second temple worship. This is our prayer book because it's the prayer book of Jesus. So apparently it's okay. So let's go ahead and follow suit. But eventually we've got to share the petition, O Lord, awake, O Lord, arise, O Lord, consider, O Lord, answer me. Lift up my eyes. If you've got a hurt habit or hang up, and most of us do, I challenge you to come on Friday nights, and I try to make it most Friday nights, uh, to our Celebrate Recovery. Um, got a great group that meets here, uh, usually has some great music. I say usually because sometimes I play. So, you know, we usually have some good music and then always a great speaker. And then they have small groups and it's a, it's a great time. Having said that, like this pulpit, some speakers are better than others. Woo! Friday was a good speaker because basically what he was saying is, hey, Whatever it is you're struggling with. And he went on a riff. And I was actually, I, I didn't, my back didn't feel good. My legs are kind of cramped. I, I go back there and I walk back and forth. So I was walking. And man, I was back there hooting and howling and raising my hands. And this guy went off. He went off on a huge riff to say, no matter what it is you're dealing with, God is bigger than that struggle. If you're dealing with alcohol, and you're addicted to it, God's bigger than that alcohol. If you're dealing with crack cocaine, God's bigger than that cocaine. If you're dealing with a relationship problem, God is bigger. And off you went. I mean, I think he did 50 things. I can't think of four. I got got three. But he just went off. And I mean, we were hooting. We were howling. Wow, he is bigger. That's one thing to say it. It's another thing tomorrow to be in your how long situation and let him arise. Let him be bigger. Are you bold enough to ask God to respond to your how long troubles? 
1994. I've spoken to this before, but it's, it's one of the illustrations that has so moved me across years. There was an African photojournalist named Kevin Carter. He was South African. And he won the Pulitzer Prize for feature photography. And um, his photo, we put it up here before, don't have it for you today. But he depicted in this photo an emaciated Sudanese child. And the child's obviously dying and is going to die if that child doesn't get some food. He's trying to make it to a feeding center. Everybody's supposed to come to the feeding center. This child's trying to get to the feeding center. But now he's just stooped down. And there is a vulture nearby. They can't wait for him to fall over and die. And so Kevin got this incredible picture of this emaciated kid and this vulture about ready to come and get him. Well, that image, among other things, not only showed in one picture the struggle of the Sudanese, but it also brought international attention to Kevin Carter. Because the questions started to come. Now, can you imagine the question that goes along with that picture? Hey, Kevin, just, just a question. Great picture. Won the Pulitzer Prize. Proud of you. What happened to the kid? What did you do after you're done taking the picture? He admitted, after he spent about 20 minutes framing the shot, he took the picture and he simply walked away. So he got the coveted Pulitzer Prize for feature photography, but after two months of receiving it and those questions, the 33-year-old photojournalist took his own life. I'm really, really sorry, he said in a suicide note. The pain of life overrides the joy to the point that joy doesn't exist for me anymore. Now, I learned about that because Dwayne Litvin, president of Wheaton College, put out a letter to alumni. My eldest son is an alumnus of Wheaton College. Got his PhD there. So somehow or another, I saw it. And I loved what Litvin did because he didn't just leave it there. He was talking to an alumni. Now, I don't know if the guy we're about ready to talk about was a Wheaton alumnus. Wouldn't doubt that he were. But if he is or if he isn't, Litvin wanted to make a point. And that is, you can die in your despair or... And there's an option. Or you can do what Warren Cooper does every day. You see, long after that, Sudan's still in turmoil, brutal civil war, millions of people die. But Warren Cooper, physician, felt the call of God on his life to enter into that Sudanese morass and work as a Christian with Samaritan's person, Southern Sudan. The suffering that Warren sees every day that he's there is indescribable. And yet, after five years in that hospital, they called it that hospital a living history museum of pathology. He has no plans to leave. How does he cope? <laughs> 
he undoubtedly asked the question, how long, O Lord? How long are the Sudanese going to have to deal with this? How long will I have to serve here in a living history museum of pathology? But he says, I happen to be able to live out my Christian faith, not just in word, but also in deed. And I can find ultimate meaning to what I am doing. I think he can find the ultimate meaning because he can ask how long he can be frustrated. He can go home and cry all night long. But finally, the way we find ultimate meaning in suffering is looking up to heaven and asking of God, I need your resources for such horrific circumstances. Hey, y'all, I know some of our circumstances here today, and some of these circumstances are tough. I know they are. And we have every right to look up to heaven and say, how long, O Lord? Because God gives us the grace to ask it, and because it's in his prayer book. We have every right to look up and say, how long? But we cannot wallow in those how longs. We finally got to say, Lord, consider my request. I need for you to arise. I need for you to answer. I need for you to lift up my eyes. Mm. And if we do it, we can go back in to the mess tomorrow. We'll find meaning even in the mess. Maybe even especially in the mess. Well, that's the second couplet. The last, verses 5 and 6, is we can have confidence. Because I've trusted you and you've looked after me, I will rejoice. I will sing. Now this thing starts off with how long, but it ends up, I'm singing. I'm rejoicing. My best days are yet to come. So it goes like this. Look down there. There's a, I think there's a conscious decision. A conscious decision to remember what God has done in my life and to sing because of that remembrance. It says in verse uh, 5 here, I have trusted, that's past tense, I have trusted in your hesed love, your loving kindness, your unfailing love, your mercy, your faithfulness. I have trusted, that incredible word, that word hesed in the Old Testament. is a Hebrew word. We translate, look how your Bible translates it. Uh, right here, it's loving kindness. But I have trusted in your hesed love, in your loving kindness. Then look at verse 6. Because he has dealt, that's past tense, he has dealt bountifully with me. So because of those past tense dynamics, look at verse 5 again. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. My heart's going to rejoice. Then look. I will sing to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord. Now, some of you are going to say, man, you, uh, God don't want me to sing. He didn't give me that kind, of, that kind of gift. Yeah, he does. Go ahead and sing. I think I've told you, my, my dad, for some reason, wants to sit on the front row of every Methodist church he ever been to. So um, I remember uh, one time he was so, <laughs> we went to a, a Methodist church in Lawrence, Kansas, and he says, come on, family, let's go. We went down, and he had no idea what he was doing. We sat right down in the middle of the uh, disabled uh, congregation right up there. We're sitting right down in the middle. I'm thinking, well, this is kind of a cool place to be, but I bet dad didn't think we were doing it. So he loves to sit on the front row. So one day he's on the front row, and it's not just one day. It's one day after week after week after year after year. And he's bellowing out in a voice that cannot sing, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. My hope is built on nothing less. Oh, worship the king, all glorious above. I mean, my dad can't sing a lick. But I learned 
That's what a real man does. You sing, whether you can sing or not. And I got the funny feeling you say, well, whatever. No, not me. Your life is supposed to sing whether your voice does or not. Your life ought to sing the praises of Almighty God every day in every way. It says, therefore, I will rejoice. I will sing. I was going over this with uh, some alumni at Wesley Biblical Seminary. Several times a week, I have a 5Q discipleship meeting. 5Q stands for five questions. And we just go through these questions. And we, we tackle scripture going through these questions. We were going over the psalm a couple weeks ago. And I have one of my friends, one of my former students said, man, you know, you guys can pray for me. Because my face is kind of, I don't know. I got a grumble on my face. Just my natural face is a grumble. Mm. People have told me this. Me, Matt Friedland. You just you look tough all the time, man. Hard to approach. I'm thinking, well, I'm working on it, okay? Jesus, give me the I'm working on it. Just lift up the corner of your mouth just a little bit, man. It'll help. Come on. And you know what he called it? He called, man, can you pray for me? The discipline of smiling. Here it'd be the discipline of rejoicing. The discipline of singing. We just need to get a discipline in our life that we're going to do it. It doesn't matter whether we want to do it. Do it. Get a smile on your face. Stanley Jones used to say, you know, y'all sing the joy of the Lord is my strength right now. Y'all need to send a message to your face. Come on. If, if you're going to sing it, you ought to show it with your teeth, with your lips, with your grin. Come on. The joy. And more than that, with our life. We need the discipline of rejoicing, the discipline of singing, even when, maybe especially when you don't feel like it. Listen, in Narnia, y'all know about C.S. Lewis. He wrote these incredible books, The Chronicles of Narnia. Eventually gets around to telling you how those worlds started, how Narnia started. And it started with a song. Aslan was singing a song. They say that J.R.R. Tolkien in his Silmarillion, that world also starts with a song. And I just like it. Worlds begin with singing. So I started thinking, you know, I wonder if that's true of me. That I could create a different world today. I could create a new world today with singing. Now, I'm not a terrific singer. I, I know I'm not because every time I start up, Mary leaves and goes to another room. I mean, uh, it may be because she needs to concentrate on her own devotions. But nonetheless, this morning I woke up. I had this book, a collection of hymns for the use of the people called Methods. Now, I'm, you know, I know we don't do hymn books here. A lot of churches don't do them. But I think there's great value in you having a hymn book. I'd order a good hymn book if I were you. Every member of my family has a hymn book. Their name's in it. And so we know most of those hymns, or we know a lot of them, all the famous ones anyway. But then I thought a couple years ago, let me get a bunch of Charles Wesley hymns. I think... He was one of the most profound poets of his era, and of any era, really. But it shows you here that he's got poetry. And, and this thing lasts, uh, I sing two or three a day. This thing lasts to him, 769. So, Lord, I'd like to sing through all these this year. He says, <laughs> the Lord kind of brought my sensibilities around and said, well, you're going to have to sing two or three of them a day then. So two or three, here we go. And uh, so here it is. Uh, Tomorrow morning, I'll wake up and I'll sing hymn number 37. So that gives you a clue about how long I've been doing this. Not long. And it says CM, which is common meter. 
I know that Amazing Grace, for instance, is in common meter. So that tune is in common meter. So I just put Amazing Grace. Jesus, the name high over all in hell or earth or sky, angels and men before it fall and devils fear and fly. Woo, Lord, I'd love to see devils fear and fly today out of my life. Next verse. Do this to oh four thousand tongues to sing. Jesus, the name to sinners dear, the name to sinners given. It scatters all their guilty fear. It turns their hell to heaven. Lord, I'm preaching at a prison this week. Could some of their hell turn to heaven because of you through me this week? So this thing has six verses. You can tell it doesn't take long to get through a verse. I'm singing it and I'm praying it and I'm worshiping out of it. I do two or three of these a day. Then I immediately turn for my red book. And my red book is a metrical psalter. And here is 150 psalms put to rhyme. And uh, these rhymes, so let's just turn to Psalm 13. These rhymes have, again, music put to them. So you can kind of, they'll tell you up here, if you know, oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, you can sing this song. Well, indeed I do. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me? Sound familiar? It's Psalm 13. How long will you hide your face? How long, Lord, will this depression grip my soul in its embrace? How long will this Dreadful sorrow pierce my heart all night and day. How long will my soul's attacker be exalted o'er my way? That's four more verses. Whole point is, I get done with that and I say, Jesus, I praise you as the God that doesn't forget me. I praise you as the God that doesn't hide your face. I praise you as the God of both night and day. That's all. I sing, I praise him, I sing, I worship him. And so I'll go over five of those songs a day. So three songs here, five songs here. I start my day with eight songs. In hopes that maybe God could create a new world. Not just through the song that I sing in the morning, but through my life as a song all day long. Could you, Lord Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, create new worlds for me today? You need a concept. First of all, I highly recommend you sing in the morning. Sing on the way to work. Find a hymn book. Sing contemporary songs. Sing whatever you want. But make sure you're lifting your voice up to the Lord because I believe there are new worlds created through song. God brings us from question marks to exclamation marks. Anybody willing to say that with me right now? From question marks? Do that again. From question marks to exclamation marks. Lord Jesus, could you do that in us today? Could you take us, Lord God, to the exclamation marks where we want to live? Could you, Lord Jesus, do something in us that's so powerful, so incredible, so unique, so wonderful that we will undoubtedly say, Lord, I start off depressed, but man, now I'm walking in you. 
And I'm looking around my situation. It got better or maybe it didn't get better, but I'm still singing a song. And I believe by faith, you are creating a new world in the midst of this world. Oh, Lord God. I'm asking you a question right now. How many of you are troubled? How many of you are frustrated? How many of you are saying to God, Lord, how long? Is there anybody here like that? I'd just like for you to stand up. Just if, you, if, if that's where you're living, how long, oh Lord? I've got this job, or I've got this situation, or I've got this, I got this marriage. I, I, I've got these kids. I, I just don't know. How long? How long, oh Lord? Now those, those of you who are standing, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Consider and answer me. Say it out loud. Oh, Lord, my God. Do that again. Consider and answer me. Oh, Lord, my God. Lift up my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. Let's do that one more time. Consider and answer me. Oh, Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. You've just made the options clear, Lord. We do not intend to die. By grace, we intend for you to lift up our eyes for your kingdom and for your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Will everybody please stand? Lord Jesus, across Dayspring, whether people were willing to stand or not, I'm going to pray your blessing. Because if we're not saying how long today, there will come a time in our life like came in David's life, where he indeed said, whew, I'm frustrated here. I swear I can't feel you. I can't taste you. I can't touch you. I am asking today, how long? If we're not there today, Lord, someday we'll be there, probably someday soon. And when we are, help us to cry out the 13th Psalm. In Jesus' strong and powerful name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, Dayspring. Thank you.